no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we preview the Week 3 matchup against the Houston Texans and much, much more. A-Dub, Lovey is back, baby. Yeah, Lovey is back. Yes, he is, man. And, um, hey, we want to make, make it a nightmare for him. Hell, yeah, we're going to make it. Well, it was a nightmare for him last time he was in the state of Illinois for when he was coaching U of I, so we'll see. <laughs> that shit did not go well for Lovey or the U of I fans. I'll tell you that much. But I got tons of respect for Lovey, though, man. I... I feel like he should not have been fired. You know, you and I have had many conversations yeah. about that. Firing that man when he went 10 to 6. Like, come on, man. That was just shady business. I got to give it to Lovey. He did have a very good coaching career here. You asked me for his, for the Chicago Bears. So, you know what? I applaud what he have done for the organization. Yeah, I mean, think about it, though. Every, every former player of his on the Bears, whether it's Erlacher, Peanut, Briggs, Alex Brown, Man, those guys talk about Lovey not only just as a great coach, but like as a great man. They were like, dude, he was like a father figure for those guys. That guy was an ultimate players coach. And I just kind of feel like Lovey didn't get his just due when he was here in Chicago. I don't think he got the flowers that he deserved. He was a phenomenal coach, a players coach. I know the media always maybe didn't like, like Lovey because Lovey was a little <laughs> short with them. But, hey, you know what? He didn't care. <laughs> I, you know how the media can twist some things around, man. So I get why he was kind of short with them. But I cannot deny the fact that he got the Bears to the Super Bowl, man. But I wish we would have got the victory. Didn't happen. But I got to salute Lovey for helping the team get there. Well, speaking of the media uh, twisting things around a little bit, I mean, you see our brother Justin Fields got that question after that Packers game and all this. We haven't even gotten the chance to give you guys our thoughts on that whole scenario with Justin and his comments about the fans and also just about how he and his teammates took that loss. And so, Adam, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I always say context is everything in these scenarios. And so when Justin was asked the question by the media member about, hey, you know how you guys feeling about the loss, but then also, too, knowing it was a tough loss for the fan base as well. And my brother Justin Fields was like, Fans ain't out there putting in their work. We are. He said, we taking that shit hard. And I found that it was nothing but truth and facts in his statement. Also authentic. That's what you like about Justin Fields. Give it to you straight up. You catch a man like you're not talking about after a loss. And you take it to everything that Justin Fields have said over the time he's been with Chicago, Perez, all the presses he's had, all the great things he said. And then we take this one thing after a tough loss, right? After they put all this work and hard work in, and then he may have said something that you probably didn't like, and you all just started throwing dirt on his name. I'm with Justin Fields, man. Can't do the guy like that. And I totally understand his frustration. Yeah, but also, too, and like I said on our other show, you talk to this kid 15, 20 minutes after a tough loss. He didn't really have time to decompress that loss. Shit, right. you and I, we at least had some hours before we could record it. And to his <laughs> point, I didn't put in no work. I didn't do film study on the Packers. You know what I'm saying? Right. I did film study on the game after the fact, but Justin's right. They're putting in the work. That locker room, I'm sure they're hurting after that loss. It was an embarrassing loss. It was brutal. Yes, but it was. I didn't take it as a slight against the fans. I know some fans didn't like it. They were like, oh, that's not a good look. And the one fan on Twitter, this man was over here talking about some Justin is on thin ice. I'm like, according to who? 
Who are you? <laughs> and when I hear people talking to him like that anyway, I'm like, that's a funny ass line. He's on thin ice. I'm like, bro, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> nice, right? That's like, a good one right there. Go back to eating some fucking buffalo wings on your couch and fucking have another beer and shut up. Let leave it to the professionals. Let those guys do their part. You know, it's, it's just for me, people are always looking for a reason to turn on someone. They'll build you up to tear you down. Yeah. And Justin just has to continue to be true to himself. You can't ask these athletes, A-Dub, to sit here and be honest. And then when they are honest, then you don't want to hear what they got to say. That ain't right. Because most of the times these athletes don't trust the media. They give canned responses and answers because of this very reason. And now Justin has to then go on Wednesday's presser and then have to further talk about this shit. He should be focusing on the Houston Texans, but he's still talking about shit he said on Sunday. And that's unfortunate right there, Press, to be talking about something that happened on Sunday and you already here you are preparing the middle of the week, preparing for uh, the Texans and trying to get ready for the game. And you got to double back and talk about what happened then. Come on, man. We can't do this to this guy. I mean, it's just unfortunate. And um, sometimes the media got to really be careful about how they, you know, come across when they talk about players like Justin Fields and what they have said. Man, move on from that, you know, because it wasn't a big deal to me. Well, I don't think it's just the media. I think in this case, the media member asked the question, but I think it was just the fact that people took those comments and ran with them. The fans took it and ran with it. The fans were upset after the loss, and then they wanted to have somebody to blame, and he makes those comments, and some people are like, well, you can't say that. Well, why not? Who are you to tell him what he can and cannot say? If that's what that man honestly felt, and that's what he felt in that moment, I got nothing against it. Because I know, at the end of the day, if they say that kind of stuff, if he says that openly, what do you think those guys are saying behind closed doors about the media, the fan base? Because right. they're supposed to be a family. They're supposed to be a team. So when you are a family and a team, you keep shit in-house. And I feel like, honestly, we're fortunate that those players even talk to us at all and give us any nuggets. And, and unfortunately, I feel like Justin may be a little bit more guarded in the way that he speaks to the media now after this. How people may have looked at what he said. You're right. It's going to help cause him to be a little bit more short with the uh, fans. It's going to cause him probably to avoid different questions. You know, that's what it does to you. Now, one thing, though, to piggyback off of what you're saying about him kind of switching it up a little bit, what we did find out from Justin this week is that he did change up his routine. He got up an hour earlier. He said he used that extra hour to study a little bit more. And I like seeing that. It's like a guy that's basically realizing, hey, what I was doing before wasn't good enough. Let me go here and change it up and, and see what we can get going here. Because he realizes that, hey, this matchup against the Texans, while most people are like, hey, this is a super winnable game for the Bears, you cannot take this Houston Texans team lightly because it's a Lovey Smith coach team. And they're going to come in here and compete. And you know Lovey got a chip on his shoulder. Come on now. Of course. They're going to come in here and they're going to be coming here ready. And Justin realizes that they're going to be up for a real big test on Sunday. Absolutely. And the good thing just shows you right there, Justin Fields not taking this game lightly. He couldn't have taken the game lightly. He definitely didn't take that game lightly against the Packers if this man's changing up his approach. Right. That shows you that he cares. And that's why I'm like, these fans have to realize, man, like, dude, these guys, they do this. <laughs> they eat, sleep, and drink football. We can go back to our lives after a loss like that. He's got to carry that shit all week. And just like I was saying to the audience last week, A-Dub, Justin Fields ain't used to all this losing. He even said, he's like, I hate the feeling of losing. And I'm like, I don't want him to get used to this shit. So, Justin, I understood your frustration, brother, because he was standing up there like, man, I'm not built for this. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't used to this shit, though. 
Right, like I ain't signed up to keep losing. Hey, I'm trying to win. So yeah, so hopefully, like I said, man, hopefully we're not discussing and, and dissecting Justin Fields' comments and pressers. Hopefully this man can continue to be honest and be true to himself. And hopefully we see Justin attempt more than 11 passes because I think that was a big culprit. We talked about that already. Not going to repeat there. Give this kid an opportunity to compete. Give this kid an opportunity to make plays out there. We got Lucas Patrick that we're hearing that looks like he may be close to returning to center. Thank God we get Sam Mustafer out of that fucking lineup because I'm <laughs> so sick and tired of watching him on film getting blown up. Just, dude, there were so many plays they dubbed, but I was, like, doing review. At least four instances that I've marked where Sam Mustafer got beat off the snap. Justin Fields took a shot. But on those plays, two of them, he still threw dime balls and got completions, even though he took that pressure right in his face. So, Lucas Patrick, you can't get back soon enough for your boy Prez. Hurry back, sir. Hurry back. Get your butt back, Lucas Patrick. We need you right there at the center, man. I want to see what you're able to do, baby. That's what we all been waiting for. And I just can, I've been, honestly, I've just been kind of sick and tired of the musical chairs they're doing the right guard. They'll have Tevin Jenkins in some, they'll have Lucas Patrick in some. I just yeah. want that to be done. I want Lucas Patrick back in center if he's able to snap correctly. And I want Tevin Jenkins to stay a whole game there at right guard. Because I'll tell you what, they, I know Tevin Jenkins is still learning the position. But, man, some of the stuff that I'm seeing out of him, boy, he is smacking people in the fucking face, man, at right guard. I like him for sure, run blocking press. He's been putting some stamps on those, <laughs> on those run blocks. I see him falling on people, keeping them down. I'm like, hey, man, I like this. But, yeah, man, I'm kind of starting to light up and Jake is there at that right guard. Now, he's, he's, he is getting better, press every game. Now, one of the things that Matt Eberflus spoke about that kind of bothered him, and this is something that you and I spoke about in our Packer Breakdown episode, was or our Packer game recap episode, we talked about the fact of the defense missing tackles. Yeah, and Ibrahim's talked about that. And you know that's against his whole principle. Yep. And I'm sure they're going to clean that shit up against the Texans because the way that the Packers ran the football against us on Sunday, I guarantee you that he ain't letting that shit happen against the Texans on Sunday. Oh, definitely ain't let that happen against the Texans. That was embarrassing to see how the Packers ran all over the Bears. And everyone in the whole world, as I mentioned, saw that as well. So you got to come back different. And I think Iberflus is going to make sure this team ready to clean that up. But the one thing, though, he did say, and I also agree with him, A-Dub, is he talked about you see more missed tackles in the beginning of the season because that's something that the guys are still getting back acclimated to hitting again, right? So it's something right. that you expect, but he's not tolerant of it at all. And I'm just – feel like he's going to get that stuff cleaned up. We should, we should be good. The thing that he said was absolutely true. They, these guys aren't staying true to their technique. He said they're tackling too high, and that's some of the stuff that I'm seeing on tape. And what he said, if you take a guy's legs away from them, they can't run. And that was the thing that I was taught even when I played football. This was before they put all these different things in where you can't, you know, hit too high or whatever. Yeah. before they put the different rule changes in they dub. But our coaches taught us, go low. Get the legs. Get the, <laughs> Wrap legs. the legs. Get the legs. <laughs> Wrap them up. <laughs> yeah. No so, play against. So, even who say, back to work this week. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of crisp tackling in this game against the Texans. And I'm not sure he's he's not going to have to have any more problems with that. I'm sure A-Dub, he's not going to be in any other press conferences talking about missed tackles. I, I can promise you that. I'm quite sure he had a lot of practice regarding that part. <laughs> so, yeah, even Flus, I get you, man. 
All right, man, before we get into this matchup against the Texans, though, I do want to give a, a quick little shout-out to Eddie Jackson. He's going to be the week three captain here. Eddie Jackson, I, I'm telling you, man, he has definitely come out this season with a sense of urgency, different player. He has a different, he has a different look about him. He seems like he's taking the game more seriously. I feel like maybe he took the game for granted there for a little while there. He has some things going on also in his personal life. It yeah. seems like he's kind of gotten clear of that as well, but – Salute to Eddie Jackson, man. I thought he's had I thought he's had a really good start to the season. When I did my film breakdown, he had a really good solid performance there against the Packers. So hey, Eddie Jackson, well deserved. Yeah, man. Two solid games. Um, week one and week two from Eddie Jackson. And uh I, I like him with the version of him saying get back to his old self. But you had a good point to talk about some of the things he went through family-wise, prayers. And we, I got a chance to hear Eddie Jackson speak on it a few weeks ago. I'm glad to see him. He's back to himself and um he's out there balling. Yeah, and like I said, man, this guy, he is a leader on that defense, bro. I mean, this guy's a former all he's a former all-pro player, one of the highest paid players on the team. But think about it, in that secondary, they're looking to him for that leadership. And so it's good to see that he has that captain, that captain designation on him for week three. And I hope that Eddie Jackson is able to make some big plays out there on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that, Fred. So injury report wise, A dub, we're looking at week three. You got some bad news here, man. Matt Adams popped up on the injury report a little later in the week. It looks like he's going to be out for the game tomorrow. In addition to that, Fellas Jones is also going to be out, so he won't be making his 2022 debut as, as a rookie here in the league. He's out, hamstring still. Dan yeah. Kroonshake is also out for the game tomorrow, hamstring. And then Ryan Griffin is also going to be out with an Achilles. That's some tough loss there with Matt Adams, especially later in the week like that. So it's going to be imperative for, hey, next man up mentality, right? See what we can yeah. get going there. And Velas Jones, it's a tough start to his rookie season, man. Yeah, you and I talked about Velas Jones, Perez, and you and I both talked about the fact that these naggy injuries, right, what it can do. It can continue to carry over. And the fact that this kid is still nursing it, trying to get better, it just sucks, man, for a rookie. And I know you want to get out there, you and I talked about. So we got to wait again, Perez, another week. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Roquan, he hadn't practiced all week, but we got some good news on him that he's questionable with that hip injury. Jalen Johnson popped up on the injury report with a quad injury. He'll probably end up, you know, suiting up and whatnot. But uh, it was an injury that he suffered in practice this week. And so he was limited on Thursday, but it's all signs of pointing to him playing. And obviously, Jalen Johnson, one of our most important players on that defense. So it's going to be important for him to be out there on the field. Roquan, it's going to be important for him to come back out there and erase away the bitter taste of that week two performance against the Packers. <laughs> But, hey, Roquan, hey, we still believe in you. But, hey, we still believe in you. We didn't like the way we saw you play out there on Sunday. No, we didn't like what we saw on Sunday. So, hope you have the bounce back game and show us the goods. Hey, come out and have a great game. All right, A-Dub. So, looking at this matchup against the Texans, man, there, there's some, some guys here on the Texans that, you know, everyone's talking about. They're all talking about Davis Mills. I've mentioned him quite a bit in the past here. Hey, Davis Mills has had a, a decent start to his career. I feel like this season, though, he's kind of taken some steps back. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's just the lack of weapons in that offense, if it's Pep Hamilton. I don't know what's going on there. But However, in this matchup, you got Justin Fields going head up against Davis Mills. And we saw what Justin Fields did against another young quarterback week one when he went up against Trey Lance. And Justin Fields showed, hey, he was ready for that. He was ready for that smoke. He was ready for that moment. You got another matchup with second years quarterbacks in the league, young quarterbacks looking to prove themselves because Davis Mills is also trying to prove A-Dub that he's a franchise quarterback. Both of these guys were kind of thrown in the fire a little bit, right? 
Davis right. Mills was thrown immediately into the fire. You know what that situation was in Houston last year. That shit was a dumpster fire. It was. But he went in there and made the mess of that situation. And we already know what happened with Justin Fields last year. We don't need to retrace that. So these kids are both in really tough situations in their rookie year. And so this season, you're hoping, hey, they could take that next step and we can see what these kids can bring to the table going forward as full-time starters. Yeah, and I feel like both of them still have something to prove to the fan base that they are legit players. And um, I know you're right, Davis Mills haven't had two good weeks, but, hey, I know he's really going to continue to try to take it to the Bears this week. So, you know, and Justin Fields want to bounce back from not getting many, you know, uh, attempts last week. So they both got something to fight for this week. So it's it's, it's a lot riding on this week. There's a lot of riding on it. I talked about Iberflus earlier with – his commentary on the missed tackling, but I also kind of look at Iberflus as being somebody that I'm going to be looking at here in this matchup, seeing him going up against Lovey Smith. Because like yep. I said, hey, Lovey's coming in here to win this game. And I'll tell you one thing, bro. There was a lot of questionable decisions that were made last week. I talked about one with the 11 passes for Justin. We can talk about that shotgun run on fourth and goal from the one, right? <laughs> right. Well, all I'm going to say here is this. We got to clean up that decision-making, going for it, learn from it, move on. But against the Texans, we can't see those type of bad decisions. We can't get away from the fall. We can't get away from running the football, A-Dub. If it's working, keep running that shit. Keep pounding that thing with Montgomery and Herbert. You got a great one-two punch there. Utilize those guys. You know what I mean? When I look at this Texans run defense, I'm like, hey, that's an opportunity right there that we can exploit. Like, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it, man, and make those Texans commit to trying to stop the run. If they want to box, throw that box out there to try to stop Montgomery or Herbert, you know what to do after that. But I think for your point, Perez, let's take full advantage of this running opportunity here, man, because uh, the Texas team, not one of the best teams out there to stop the run. So we can exploit that. It's always a good thing. No, I mean, dude, they have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, bro. <laughs> I know it's early. It's only week two. I right. Mean, it's only been two weeks of the season, but still. Right. That's an opportunity there, because for me, one of my keys to victory is running that football, brother. You know me, artists. You know I like to run the ball. <laughs> hey, I stay true to myself. I say major key, lean on Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, baby, because that Texas rush defense has not been ready this season. They're terrible against the run. And we talked about missed tackles on our team. When I watched the Texans last game, you want to talk yeah. about missed tackles. I'm like, is this a lovey defense? I can't tell. And the, the good thing about the Bears, they in a situation for us where they do have two guys that can also contribute to making you miss. So you talk about Montgomery, right? We always talk about that all the time with him, how you make you miss tackles. Man, exploit that big time while you got a chance. But I will say one of my keys to the victory as well, for us, you hit on something that I really enjoyed what you shared, and that was about balance. We still going to need some balance for us. So one of my keys is this. You got to get my, you got to get money moon and commit involved in the offense. You have to. It cannot go three weeks straight without those two being part of the offense. You got to find a way to get them in. Well, I think that this is going to be the opportunity to unleash Money Moon. I don't know about Cole Commit because, as I mentioned on the last show, Cole Commit's been standing in the block a lot, and that's just because you have rookie offensive yeah. tackles there. He's there to help out Braxton Jones a little bit. So, And when you look at Money Moon, hey, he's got a matchup there against Stingley. And I can't wait to see how Money Moon rebounds from the first, I mean, from this rough start to the season, A-Dub, because we're not seeing the Darnell Mooney. We're not seeing the Darnell Mooney that a lot of us were predicting here. He's still learning how to be a wide receiver one, as you mentioned on the show in the past. So I'm not going to basically 
go, I'm not going to come down on the kid too much. I just need to see more. I just need to see him rise to the occasion here. You know what I mean? That's what it's about, rise to the occasion, Prince, because you don't two Safari weeks, week one and week two. Week three, you got to give us more than that, right? Got to, right? So, but it's going to be a nice little matchup between him and Stingley. Because, I mean, you know, Stingley's the one that's going to match up against him. I saw how Stingley played against Sutton. Um, that was tough. Um, Sutton beat him on some plays. But, man, Stingley was involved in a lot of stuff that prevented, you know, um, Sutton from getting catches. So, I say that kid can really battle, man, as a cornerback. So, still going to be tough for Money Moon. But I think Money Moon got to show us the goods for us. Well, when you look at the Texans secondary, I mean, they give up a lot of passing yards. The yeah. one thing that they don't do is they don't allow a lot of touchdowns through the air. And so that's why when you made that key about opening things up, yeah, open it up, but only after we've exhausted things with that running game. Open right. it up so maybe you can take some of those shots. But just know that this Texans defense, you ain't getting a lot of throwing touchdowns against them. So that's something <laughs> that we have to just make sure that yeah. our game plan is airtight. So I do want to see Money Moon making some plays out there. But I want to exhaust everything we can to run that football down their fucking throat. <laughs> and then I totally agree with you, old friends. Take full advantage of that. Man. And then now another key, though, in addition to mine with the with the running game, also on the flip side of that, to kind of piggyback off of your key, our offensive line against the pass rush from the Texans. We got to clean that shit up. Ooh. Now, the Texans got Jerry Hughes. That's the former Bills pass rusher. Man, that dude right in, in week one, he was a terror out there. And uh, I, I kind of feel like we're going to have to really make sure Braxton Jones, Larry Borum, they're ready for that matchup. If Cole Komet has to stay in and chip and, and help yeah. out, okay, so be it. But I'll tell you one thing. This Texas pass rush is not as good as the one from the Niners, not as good as the one from the Green Bay Packers, but it's still a solid pass rush, and it's a loving defense. So we have to make sure that we're ready for that battle. So for me, one of my other keys is neutralizing that Texas pass rush, specifically Jerry Hughes. Yeah, Jerry Hughes, a vet, Chris. You got to neutralize that. I'm not sure. He's probably going to spend a lot of time on both sides going against Braxton Jones and Larry Borm. But not only thinking about him, Chris, you got, of course, Jonathan Grenard as well. He's coming too. So you got both of those dudes really trying to get across that edge out, out on the outside, man. I saw what he did to Wilson. I was like, hey, those two twos, man, are something serious. True. And then on the flip side of it, defensively, we got to stop the run. Last yes. episode, I talked about how, how we have one of the worst run defenses in the league through the first two weeks of the season. That's not who we are. That's not Chicago Bears football. You don't come here and run the football on us like that. We got to get back that pedigree, that tradition of stopping the run. And it starts here in week three. We got to focus on stopping that run. The Texans don't have a big-time running game, so there should be no reason why we can't take Damian Pierce out of that game. There's no reason why we can't be able to do so. Because if we can shut down that run, then we're going to be forcing Davis Mills to try to beat us. I like our chances every day of the week if we have to force him to throw the ball 30, 40 times. I want Davis Mills to be the one to try to beat us. I know David Mills is going to try to go deep on us for us. That's just him. He's done it against many teams he's played against already. So with them trying to take those chances against our secondary, I think we got a good shot with Jalen Johnson. Even Caleb Gordon and Brisker, those guys can get some turnovers, create some turnovers because of that. So I would love to see Davis Mills try to beat us. But it doesn't start with stopping the run with Damian Pierce. And I do like Damian Pierce. I think he's going to be a solid running back at some point in his career. Well, I mean, my, my thing is, though, with that matchup is if you force Davis Mills to have to beat you, yeah. Hey, that opens it up for our secondaries to be able to potentially get some takeaways, right? And yep. so for me, we want more takeaways. You know what I mean? Because we, all, all season, we talked about the need for us getting the ball back, 
We talked all offseason about this team being playmakers, being ball hawks, right? This is that week to get back to that mentality because if we can put some pressure on him, hey, he may throw the football up a couple times for grabs. And now one thing, audience, that you guys know about this Bears team, they don't blitz a lot. So the pressure is going to have to come from that front. Right. So it's going to be really imperative to see whether it's Gibson, whether it's my boy Quinn, whether it's Justin Jones, whoever. It's going to have to come from those guys up front. I'm with you there, Chris, because David Mills does have some opportunity with holding the football a little too long as well. And I saw him against, you know, uh, again, against the Broncos, and I really evaluated him on that part. I was like, he holding that ball a little bit too long. And he was also able to get – they all get – Cause him to create some turnovers by getting the sack, knock the ball in his hands. That can happen. So Davis Mills can't get careless with the football. All right. So we already talked about one of the key matchups we thought with Darnell Mooney going up against Derek Stingley, which I think that's going to be some really good football that we're going to see over there. Because, like I said, Derek Stingley, one of the probably one of the better young cornerbacks up and coming in this league, going up against Darnell Money Moon, that has a lot to prove here going into week three. Because, I mean, going into week three here. So I think that the Bears are probably going to make a concerted effort to get the ball in some Money Moon's hands. But I'll tell you one thing, man. I'll tell you one thing, though, A-Dub. That Stingley kid, while talented, he has shown some inexperience on several occasions this season. And I'll tell you one thing, Darnell Mooney's route running could be the key in that matchup. You know what I mean? Yeah. The backup does not have a good record in pass protection, especially how you mentioned how he holds onto the ball. Davis Mills does not have a lot of mobility. This could be a good opportunity for Justin Jones to have one of his best games of the season. Man, Fred, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. This could be a, a, a good game for Justin Jones with applying that pressure. So you're right. Going against the backup, you should have the advantage. So I'm giving Justin Jones the edge here, Fred. Well, yeah, but he's still got to go out there and prove it on the field because, I mean, there's right. a lot of times that we've seen situations where we're like, oh, here comes the backup. This could be a good opportunity. And then the backup comes in and kicks the other person's ass. So any given <laughs> Sunday, but I'm just right. looking at it as a key matchup of something that could be exploited, but you never know. You never know, though. But you know what? This is, should be a chance for Justin Jones, though. You're right. So as far as the Texans are concerned, we talked about Davis Mills. We've talked about Damian Pierce. I've talked about Jerry Hughes. And in addition to that, we have not talked about Brandon Cooks, A-Dub. And Brandon yeah. Cooks is a guy that's bounced around the league a little bit. But, man, one of the more underrated receivers in the league, A-Dub, if you ask me. And he's their top option there in that offense. Speedster, yep. right? Now you're going to have Kyler Gordon probably potentially going up against this kid. And so now that's another guy that audience we need to be kind of really focusing and honing in on. So, like I said, we talked about Mills and Pierce. But we got to make sure that we put some focus here on Brandon Cooks because that guy right there can take the top off of a defense. He could, Perez. And I expect that, you know, uh, Lovey Smith may try to put um, Cooks in the slot to try to go against Kyler Gord, you know, because as you know already, these first couple of weeks, people have not been targeting Jalen Johnson, right? They have not been going in directions. So I guess going forward here with this matchup, man, give me your score prediction for week three. What we got? What you got? I got the Bears winning by three, Perez. 27 24 Bears. 27-24 Bears. Okay, Doug, okay. I'm looking at this matchup here, man. I got to go – when I look at this week three matchup, I got to go Bears 19, Texans 13. I think it's going to be mm. – I think it's going to be a, a really ugly football game in the sense that it's not going to be anything pretty offensively. I think it's going to be a lot of punting. <laughs> But I think that our Bears defense is going to win this game for us. I, that's just what I feel like. I feel like um, 
you got two teams to struggle to stop the running game. I think that the Bears have an opportunity to step up their efforts a little bit, but I'm hoping that we turn this into a, a, a just a physical football game where we're running the ball, where we're putting that heat on, on Davis Mills, forcing him to be sloppy out there. I'm just hoping we just see the same type of game plan that we put up against Trey Lance in week one. So anyway, audience, my prediction for week three, Bears 19, Texans 13. Lovey, love you, but you're going back to Houston with a with a with an L, my guy. <laughs> Hey, love you. Not gonna be too happy with L, but hey, love you. Hey, you've been you getting used to those lately anyway. So yeah, he'll be all right. But hey, listen, audience, <laughs> we appreciate you guys and your continued support. We got winter circle dropping later today. Bears, let's get this double Sunday, y'all. Man, we gotta get this bad taste out of our mouths because hey, this team gonna have a chip on their shoulder. A dub going back to Soldier Field. I feel good about Sunday. I'm not gonna say too much because I don't want to jinx the team, but I feel good. I feel good. I think we're going to be in a good spot here. The schedule coming up, hey, we get to that part of the schedule. I'm like, okay, we might be okay. So, audience, let's just stay positive. Let's breathe. And let's enjoy that football game on Sunday, y'all. Yes, sir. Let's get back into the winning column. All right, let's go. Audience, we are out. <laughs>